Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope that you enjoy this podcast from Pastor Jared Van Burkle, and we hope that it blesses you. For any more information on this sermon or any additional resources, visit us at thrivechurch.co.nz. Kia Hey, good morning. We, we're, we're doing a, a mini-series on prayer at the moment, which is a lot of fun, and uh, Pastor Glenn opened this up last week with our phenomenal door, um, and he was telling a message about a lady called Hannah, and um, she's in the book of Samuel, and she has a son eventually called Samuel, and we just looked at a little bit of the story of the fact that Hannah's womb was closed, and it's one of those crazy parts of Scripture where you're like, what's going on? Because it says it was closed by God, not broken, not locked down, just kind of like, not just yet. And, uh, and Hannah was in a process of continually knocking on God's door, going, God, uh, I want you to give me a child. I want some breakthrough. I want some freedom. And she was developing the sense of prayer from her innermost being, petitioning heaven, and was just relentless. And Glenn was speaking about the fact that sometimes when we pray, God doesn't give us the answer or the breakthrough straight away because it's in the process of continually knocking over and over that your arm actually begins to strengthen so that when the door opens, you've got the capacity and the character to then hold the promise that he's giving. And in the story of Hannah, God had a son for her, but his origins were the origins of heaven. Like he he was going to be a supernatural person that was going to change the course of history. And sometimes when you're praying, for something, I want to encourage you, if you're praying for something and it's not happening straight away, don't let that be something that discourages you, but rather lift your expectation of the value and the worth of what it is you're actually pursuing, and that God is preparing you to carry what it is that He has for you. And so that was cool. That was last week. This week, I, I want to look a little bit about positioning ourselves to listen to God and that prayer is the doorway to relationship. So Jesus came and he died on the cross and that was you know, not fun for him, but it was amazing for us. And uh, then he came back to life and that was really good for him and also amazing for us. You're like, sometimes you look at what God has to do to be God and you're like, man, I'm so pleased I got to be the son or the daughter in this story rather than the king of kings. I get to rule and reign and I got it freely. This is like, sometimes you just read the Bible you're like, my gosh, this is a good deal. And I'm really pleased to be in the New Testament part of the story. It's like, if you don't have anything to be excited about this morning, be excited about the fact that you're in the New Testament part of the story because it is just exciting time to be alive. Anyway, I want, I, want to, I want to teach a little bit this morning about how to listen to the voice of God or rather to actually hear. How do you hear what he's saying? If, if you're someone and you often can be my case, and I, and I talk to God about something, and then I'm listening, and it's just all I'm getting back is like tumbleweeds. It's just like, whoo. I'm like, God, it'd be really helpful if you would speak right now, because I have some very urgent needs that I could have spent ages talking to you about, but I laid it to the last minute, and so now we need to know like yesterday. So, I want to teach you how to develop a lifestyle, put into practice three very simple principles that are going to increase your chances for hearing what God is saying. The trick isn't to get God to say something. 
because Jesus was known as the Word, and you get that nickname if you're like me and you're always talking, okay? I used to, fun fact, I used to preach my best messages when I was like three or four, and I would preach them on the toilet. And my mom would walk down the hallway, and she'd just hear like this fire and brimstone, um, like declarations. And I remember mom telling me, because people would be like, she took me to the doctor's, to see if I had hearing problems because I yelled everything. And the doctor's like, no, that's just Jared. And people would be like, why are you so loud? I was like, I'm not loud. And my dad would always say, use your inside voice. I'd be like, this is my inside voice. And we'd have these conversations. I remember one day saying, you know, Jared, when Jesus preached, they didn't have microphones. So God's just like, he's giving you like the lungs of a preacher from Jesus's day. And you're just going to be a preacher. And those are one of those little moments when I was a kid. And I just knew that I just, I loved words. And so God loves words. So the problem isn't getting him to say something. The problem isn't convincing him that, God, you should actually open the door and have a good attitude about me. There are none of the issues because he is like, man, I can't wait to open the door. And my gosh, I am saying so many things. Surely by now, just mathematical chance, you would have heard a couple of them. So how do we learn to hear God's voice? At the prophetic conference I was at, there was a guy there called Sean Bowles. And uh, has anyone heard Sean Bowles or seen him on YouTube before? A few of us. Okay, so this guy would preach, and he wasn't the most exciting communicator in the world. He was good, but he wasn't like, wow, edge of my seat. But his stories were pretty cool. He helped to broker... um, the reuniting of relationships between South Korea and America a few years ago because he's so sharp in the prophetic and giving words of knowledge. He was touring through South Korea. One thing led to another, and he ended up prophesying over the nation's leader and just opened up this doorway relationship between them and the United States. It's amazing when you learn to listen to God, how God will place you in front of influential people because the kingdom of heaven is a kingdom And so we can't be effective fully as a body of Christ unless we influence kings and queens. And so the way that you do that is by learning what the Father is saying, living a lifestyle like Jesus of, I only do what I see the Father doing. The challenge is, how do I perceive what the Father is doing? How do I hear what he's saying? So anyway, Sean would speak, this guy from America, and... uh, He'd get to the end of his message and say, I just I want to bless a couple of people. Went in a room with hundreds of people. And everyone was like, I'm about to win the supernatural lottery. Prophesy over me, Sean. Prophesy. And he go, well, I'm just going to pray for a few people. And the room's like, no. And uh, he go, but I, I, I was praying for you about a week ago. I've just written some notes down, but it was, these are a week old, so I don't remember what they mean anymore. So I'll just, we'll see where it goes, shall we? And he'd be like this. Okay, first note. Samantha and John Michaels, who are you? And then this couple would stand up at the back. Oh, where's, where's Samantha and John Michaels? Cool. Oh, that's good. I got the word Albert Street written down next to your name. What does that mean? And they go, oh, that's the street near us. He go, oh, okay, I'm on the right track. Just give me a second. Okay, you go to Albert Street. You turn right onto Albert Street. You go down for a bit. Take the second street on the left, the first driveway on the right. That's where you live. And they're like, yes, where we live. He goes, yeah, cool. And you, huh, you got a bunch of dirt bikes in your driveway at the moment? And they're like, yeah. He goes, huh. And four, four kids. You got four kids? Is that right? Four kids? Yep. Ha, nailed it. 
Ah, well, I've only had something to tell you. And, you know, and everyone's like, what? He's like, no, no, okay, okay, okay. God, what do you want them to know? And he'll just do that. And then I was like, I got their names wrong, but all the other things I said were like on point from memory. It was good times. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy can fully listen and he can hear. I mean, sometimes I would spend so much time listening and not really hearing. And that has been something in my life that I've really wanted to grow in is I don't want to just listen. I don't want to just have a quiet time. I want to have conversation. And so what I want to share with you this morning is just three things that I've learned that help to increase your ability to not just pray, giving a grocery list to God, because that's boring, but to have a conversation. Often, often what happens is we bring a need to God. We go, God, these are my needs. I need you to do this. And then we walk away and we think, yeah, man, that was awesome. I had a great prayer time. And we walk away and God's going, well, that's some great needs. And so what I want to teach you is this. And as you implement this, that's going to create this chain reaction. I put this person around you because I want you to learn this from them. And we combine these things. You know, within about six weeks, we're going to have some real momentum in this. And we've just missed the whole thing because we've just walked away thinking, well, that was a great prayer time. God's real happy. And as if for some reason us giving him needs made him happy when he was already happy. You know, or, or we have this scenario. I really need to talk to God about something, but I haven't chatted to him for a while. So oh, maybe I'll go read my Bible for a while so then he'll be in a good mood with me when I go tell him what I need. You know, and God's just like, he's like on the other side of the door being like, oh man, I haven't seen you for a while. So like I'm, I'm on the hand going, will they knock? Will they knock? Will they knock? Will they knock? Like he is always ready, always excited. Like he invented energy. So he is just like, he likes the energy, you know? <laughs> I, I actually, I've got a pre-workout in my office, and it's like heaps of, it's high as blue. I was like, should I take that before I preach? And I was like, no, I won't. So this is me, just all I've had is soup, okay? So, oh my gosh, feeling very excited to be with you guys in Jesus this morning. Okay. So the challenge is, is praying, listening, and then receiving. When you pray and then you listen and then you receive, you actually, you're going through the whole process of giving and exchanging. And, and when you, see, when you listen to what God is saying, you actually receive most of your miracle in that moment. See, God hovered over the world. It was in chaos without form. His spirit hovered over it. And he was like, this is pretty average. I should change something. So he's like, let there be light. And then there was light. And he's like, well, that's cool. Let there be mountains. And there was mountains. He's like, let there be deer. And there was deer. And let there be hunters. And there were hunters. And it was like, and it was good. Okay. So what happens when we pray and then we miss what he says when he says it, his words carry the authority over life and death. And so he says it, and authority drops down. But we've moved away from the process, and, and the, the Word of God just falls flat. And see, the promises of God over us are yes, and we're meant to add an amen. That's the actual translation. The promises of God are yes, and we say amen. So if we don't catch the promise, we can't have a revelation of it. So then we can't say amen to it. So then our faith level doesn't rise through the process. Our expectations don't elevate and our stance doesn't alter. But if we pray 
and we wait and we listen and we receive, we catch what he's saying. We have a realization this is the word of God, which was first for creation, second for communication. We carry it and now we have something to steward, something to prophesy over, something to uplift. And every time our challenge comes towards us that we're believing for a God miracle, we have something in our hand, a weapon ready to go. And we go, well, that's your problem. This is my heaven solution. Now I have something that I can actually do do warfare with and I can contend with. I can do intercession over. I can hold promises over. I can praise around. But when we just give him a grocery list, so often 80% of the miracle falls flat and we wonder why we haven't had answers to our prayers. So if we want to get answers to our prayers, we need to hear what he's saying. And to hear what he's saying, we need to have the attitude, the belief, and the expectations of our heart that are going to put us in the right position. So I was chatting to, to James for a moment in our minute mingle. It was really easy because he was right next to me. And, uh, but if he started to walk away to the rock climbing area and I, I didn't follow him and continue to position myself close to him, the conversation would have got very fragmented. And then I probably would have gone like, well, James doesn't want to talk to me anyway. And whenever I ask him something, I don't hear anything. And so, well, what's the point? But if I pursue him and I go closer to him, then I can hear what he's saying. Even if he, what he says is just a whisper, I'm still going to catch it. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Heaven's got its own channel. It's like it, heaven operates on its own frequency, its own dimension. And uh, I want to refer to it simply this morning as heaven's got its own accent. It, it's speaking to us in English, but it's got an accent and it can be pretty challenging sometimes to hear it if you're not tuning into the accent. Uh, I remember chatting to this Irish dude or a Scottish guy and honestly, I just had no idea why he was saying now, everything he was saying was English, but it wasn't the right type of English. And uh, it was just like blowing my mind. At the end of it, you just like you have those conversations like, yeah, awesome. And you walk away and they've just told you something really personal that they're struggling with. You, you just totally offend them because you pretended you could understand the accent. I've had lots of those moments in my life. But we don't always have to worry about, like, if I'm going to listen to God, do I have to get it perfect? What happens if God says something and I listen and I only hear 10% of it and I, and I miss 90% of what he's saying? Well, first, you're going to be 10% better off than you were before. Um, but God's economy of heaven is not like our economy because his economy is exponential. So that 10% is probably going to give you 2,000% results anyway. So don't worry about trying to get listening to God perfect because it's not a test. It's just relationship. I want to give you a quick example. When I was at the conference... I asked God, give me a word, God, for Anna. One that would be more appropriate that I could yell out rather than my wife is foxy because it's just like one of those retract too late uh, moments. I stand by my statement. Um, so I was like, God, how do you see here? And I want to see how you see here. And I've got to pitch this straight away, very, very um, brief and not very clear. Okay, but it was a bow with arrows. And I felt like God was saying, Rowanna's a weapon in my hands. He's like, Jerry, we're not. God, Father God holds Rowanna. She is an absolute weapon. And I was like, yeah, that's right. She is. Lines, you know, smear stuff, shoot things. I was like, God, give me a Bible verse. And I got Habakkuk chapter 12, verse 9. I was like, yeah, Habakkuk chapter 12, verse 9. No idea what it says. Habakkuk, 
You don't have 12 chapters. Off to a bad start. All right, man of faith, how many are there? Three. What does chapter 3 verse 9 say? Next best effort. A for effort, eh? So, uh, well, an E. Um, anyway, is it? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yesterday, Jasmine asked me how to spell elephant. I said, I don't know. She says, I don't believe you. Tell me how to spell it. I was like, I don't know. She's like, no, you just don't want to talk to me. Tell me how to spell elephant. I was like, I don't know how to spell the word. She's like, you shouldn't know. I was like, oh my gosh. Go back to school on Monday and learn it yourself. or we'll ask your mum. So chapter, chapter 3, verse 9 said this. God speaking of himself. I have reached down. I've uncovered my bow with many arrows. And I was like, yeah. Nailed it, eventually. <laughs> you know, God is faithful, and he's not looking for perfection because he found it through Christ Jesus in you. So he's not looking for any more because he's got it. He's looking for relationship. And relationship, you know, we all know the foundation of relationship is communication. It's talking and listening. Okay, so how do we tune in to heaven's frequency? How do we catch the accent of heaven um, and just to put a little bit of blue tack to make this message sticky for your memory, I just got a quick video that I want you to watch so that when you're having a moment and you're listening to someone, you go, man, I don't know what they're saying, this memory of these points would jog back into your mind. All right, let's check this out. Classic. So it can be frustrating at times when you're having conversation and you're listening and you just going, oh, I just, I don't feel like our accents are in tune. And so what I want to do very briefly is I want to look at Matthew chapter 6 verse 5 and see the way that Jesus taught us to pray, because Jesus is pretty good at praying. So let's just have a quick wee squiz and see what he says. So Matthew 6 verse 5 says this, and when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans do, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So I love, I love it right at the start. First thing is like, when you pray, just be authentic, be genuine, don't do it for show, and straight off the bat, just by doing that, before you even hear anything, you're going to be rewarded. Just by having the right heart and tension, you're going to get reward flowing around your life. Secondly, I love it when I speak with new Christians, and they go, I don't know how to pray, I just, I kind of feel like I just say a couple of things, and I'm just kind of stumbling around in this awkward conversation, I'm like, that's perfect, like, that's the way you pray, you just say things. And it's not like this serious thing. I love it. Like one time I got my kids and they're like, let's pray. And they like knelt down and folded their hands. I was like, what are you doing? Like, if you want to pray like that, you can. But like, why are you so serious? Like we could, let's just chat to God. Let's have a conversation. So then it, then it says this. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
For if you forgive other people that have sinned against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That, that last part there I think is really interesting because there's often things that will practically block your ability to hear what God is saying. Unforgiveness, dishonor, and bitterness will actually act as um, spiritual dampness on your ability to hear the voice of the Father. And Glenn will touch on a couple of those things next week, so I'm not going to go into them. But just it's good to have awareness of those things. Even like honoring your spouse will increase God's ability to answer your prayers because you're positioning yourself back under the ability to catch what he's doing. And there's really cool biblical references for all those things. But what I want to focus on this morning is this one sentence. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So three simple points to be able to catch the accent of God and to carry the same accent yourself. The first one is praying from revelation. Our Father in heaven. Having, having the revelation of this is twofold. The first one is that God is a really good, good father. So when you, when you first come to the door, it, it doesn't matter uh, you know, what's been going on in life in respect to how much he's going to love you or his attitude or feelings towards you are going to be. Uh, he's just always in a good mood. He's a good, good father. And, and as part of that, when you're waiting to hear what he's going to say, you don't need to have any worry about what he's going to say because it's going to be coming from his nature. So anything he tells you is going to be good, beneficial, and helpful. Not necessarily always what you want to hear in that moment, but it's going to be good, loving, beneficial, and helpful. The second thing is it's our Father. So having that realization again that he's just my dad. He, he is my dad. So he is as interested in, in my life as he is in the most successful supernatural Christian on the planet. There's, there's no differential between us. He is totally invested in who I am. And when you're struggling in periods of uh, perhaps low self-esteem or anxiety and stuff like that, you might even want to camp for quite a bit of time when you go to pray in this thought. He's my father. He's invested in me, he's excited about me, and he's going to tell me something good. And you might just spend five or ten minutes just going through that. This is who he is. He is good. Who am I? I'm his son or I'm his daughter. This is our connection. This is the foundation of the time we're going to have. This is the bedrock for our conversation. He is good, and I am his. The second one is, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That means, God, I praise your name. God, I give you glory. God, I lift you up. God, you're amazing. It's praying from a place of praise. And now why this is really important is that I think that most people, uh, they get stuck in this point. And they don't actually pray from a place of praise. What they do is they pray from a, a knee-jerk reaction, which is nearly always fear-based or need-based or anxiety-based or lack-based. And so what happens is your prayers, instead of being ones that are looking through God's eyes, you're looking through a, a, a broken vision, and they're prayers like this. God, I don't, I don't, I don't have what it takes. I'm scared. Can you fix this? There's nothing wrong with that prayer. God's going to love you in that prayer. But if your prayer ends at that point, you're not transitioning through into the reality of who you are. 
Because the truth is that you have a God who's God of more than enough and He lives inside you. Therefore, that statement based on your emotions is correct, but based on a heavenly reality is false. And if you're basing your prayers out of falsehood, you're actually listening to, you're tuning into negativity. And what, what fear does is when you feel anxious or you're overwhelmed and you pray out of that, going, God, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. I, I feel so afraid. Nothing wrong with that. But what it does if that's your start or your end, rather, what it does is it actually amplifies your ability to pick up on what the demonic's saying. And your spirit can, you, you, it's just so much harder because that's what you're partnering with. You've connected to fear, and so you're partnering with it at, at an emotional level. Now, I do that all the time, all the time. Most of my prayers start right there, and I just go, well, I know I'm not really going to hear God in this moment. Like, you know, definitely he breaks the exceptions for me and he'll come through. But I know that my chances of hearing him and getting supernatural strategy are going to be a lot better if I go, you know what, this is how I feel. God, give me a fresh picture right now of who you are. Oh, I got nothing. All right. What does my Bible say you are? My Bible says you're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You're the God of glory that you've got all strength and all things. Oh, I'll just begin to praise Him. God, this is who you are. This is who you are in my situation. And I begin to praise Him. What happens when we lift His name up, we are connected to His name. We get our identity from His name. We get our, 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 our supernatural DNA from who He is. When we lift Him up, we lift ourselves up in the process. So before I was down here and I gave Him my attention, I began to praise Him. And as I praised Him, He lifted up in my reality. He's always lifted. But it's my reality that's the issue, not His. So He, he lifts up in my reality and I lift up with Him by default. And I'm like, oh my gosh, God, you're amazing. Now, my problem is exactly the same. It hasn't changed. But it just, it loses its edge. The sting's not in it anymore. The, the intimidation is not there. I now have, I perceive it from a heaven reality. And now I go, God, this is challenging. But I'm excited and I mean it. I'm excited to see what you're going to do because either I've praised you, I've reminded myself of all the times that you came through for me in the past. I've stirred my heart to faith and the reality of the action of who you are. And God, now I know you will do something because you're my father and I'm your son. You love me. And, and God, I'm praising you. So now your whole inner perspective has shifted and now your prayers will actually start to line up with heaven's language. Instead of having prayers where go, God, I'm stuck. God, I need you to do something. You go, God, I know you've got the solutions. Can you tell me what they are? God, I know you've got an answer for this. What is it? God, I, I need a supernatural strategy that will release love, peace, and hope into this. And these are the practical outcomes that I need. God, who do you have around me right now that I can draw on? What resources have you already made available because you go before me? God, what have you placed inside of me that you're wanting to draw out? And you begin to realize there is a whole smorgasbord of possibilities. And so many, we, we look and we see problems with one, one keyhole. And we go, yeah, okay, so I need to get the perfect thing. No, you just need to hear what he has to say. And what he has to say is perfectly going to fit that problem. And you're going to begin to see things unlocking. And it's not about getting the bullseye. It's about getting a faith edge in your conversation and beginning to get a download from the king of relationship. Third thing is praying from expectation. And that is simply this. 
in heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You look at your problem and you go, you know what? That wouldn't be like that in heaven. Therefore, that's not what my Father has for me. If it's not finished, it means he's still working on it because he's faithful to bring completion to the work that he started. All right, God, let's go another layer. Let's co-labor together. I have an expectation of your goodness. I have the reality of your praise. And now I have the truth of what it is that you're wanting to do. God, what are you saying? What are you saying? And as you go through those processes, your faith level rises, your expectation rises, and you attune yourself to the language of heaven. The the distraction of the enemy just drops right off because it can't exist in that ecosystem. And the supernatural becomes so much easier to tap into. And this is a guideline that I would give you, roughly. If you were to pray for 10 to 15 minutes at a time and you want to hear God speak, I'd be like, man, spend the first 10, 20% just reminding yourself of identity, who he is and who you are. Spend maybe the next 60, 70% just praising him. Spend 5% going, God, this is what I need, because he already knows, so you don't really, just, just for your sake, say it. And then spend the rest of the time just listening. Like this much of the pie, giving him glory and declaring truth. This much of the pie, this is me, God, and then, the, then whatever's left. Just go, I'm just going to listen, because he's quick when he speaks, man. When, when, you, when, you, when you're tuned to heaven, it's quick. It's fast. And he speaks, and what he says, when you catch it, that is the fuel that you need for your breakthrough. When you hear him speak, like most of your miracles now already taken place. And now you partner with what he's saying, you declare over it, and you go, God, practically, what do I need to do now? What is my next step? This is what you've said. Practically, God, what's my next thing that I do? And you put into action the conversation. So in conclusion, that's what I like to say. When you pray, pray not with just needs, but pray with a conversation where both of you are speaking and making requests on one another. Bring your needs before him with the knowledge that he is good. Speak from a heart of praise with the expectation that he's going to answer and then practice listening to the accent of heaven. In the Old Testament, people could only hear God through prophets. And it was boring for God. And he was like, man, I want so much more than this. And so Jesus, when he died on the cross and he came back to life and he spilled his blood and his body was broken, he became the ultimate doorway. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. I'm the gatekeeper. I'm the door. I'm the great introducer. I'm like, hey, Father, have you met Glenn? Glenn, have you met Father? And I lead them through and then they can just talk to each other and they can have the reality of a conversation. Being able to talk to God, talk to Father, having that level of relationship cost Jesus everything that he had because he knows how significant and important it is for our lives. We're going to take communion this morning. And as we take communion, I just want us to celebrate how significant it is what Jesus did and the value of what we have to actually be able to lean in and listen to his voice. And as you sit down this morning, you might want to praise him. You might just want to declare some things out that you love about him. You might want to remind yourself of the identity that you have. Or you might want to take a moment and say, God, what are you speaking to me about this morning? Awesome. Let's just stand to our feet. And God, I just thank you for what you've done as we take communion this morning. Amen. 
For any more information on this sermon or any additional resources, visit us at thrivechurch.co.nz.